Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Ryan Estes. He is the co-founder of Kitcaster, uh, host of the Talk Launch Podcast, father, husband. Kitcaster has had a 40% growth month over month since September of 2019. Now they're going to hit over a million ARR. He is a purple belt in jujitsu and a yellow card in uh, Calueta. Calueta. Calweta. Yeah, so interesting. Um, and then also the number one fan of the Arctic Grayling. And we're going to go into that just briefly because he's going to go on a vacation to find this magical fish in Montana. It's going to be fantastic. Brian, thanks so much for being on the show today. Absolute pleasure. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, dude, um, a lot of things to talk about here, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, let's just go into your founder story real quick. Uh, where did you exactly come from? And then we'll go into, you know, your uh, session with the Arctic Grayling at the end. <laughs> that sounds great. So uh, I'm the co-founder of Kitcaster. We are a podcast booking agency. Um, we book top our entrepreneurs on top podcasts. Specifically, um, we focus in funded startup founders or entrepreneurs that are doing north of 50K MRR. And we place them on podcasts that have audiences of 10,000 or greater, sometimes much greater. Um, we're booking categorically out of Apple Podcasts, top 100 shows. Um, Kitcaster was launched a year ago. So right now it's September 2nd. Our one-year-old birthday will be September 6th, which I'm really excited about. Um, but my career in podcasting goes back maybe nine, 10 years. Um, I got into podcasting as kind of like a salve after my music career kind of ended intentionally. What did um, you play? I played guitar and sang, you know, I made three what records. Maybe we can rock out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely do that. You know, and uh, when I had two small children at the time and, you know, being a local musician isn't necessarily the fulcrum of commerce. So yeah. I decided to make a change um, and kind of got out of music. And what I, I kind of had a bluesy period, not musically, but like emotionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I realized is I missed the music for sure, but really I missed my friends and like my brothers in the band. Yeah. So podcasting became this new thing that I could do. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to start a podcast. They're like, what's that? I was like, I don't know, but it seems like we just hang out and talk. <laughs> so, so we started doing that and I loved it. Fell in so love this with it. Was, well, this is where, this is like your kind of first thing you did because you're originally from Denver, right? And so was I'm from Denver, that's first, right. Was that your first kind of like venture into the business world or um, or what was the first venture? You know, I've kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit my whole life. You know, all the way from like delivering papers, shoveling sidewalks. You know, when I was 19, I've, I had a, a painting company that I grew to four or five employees. Um, it had square jobs plenty too. you know, worked a lot of, you know, retail, sales, um, food and beverage, um, music business type stuff. Um, 
you know, probably when I really committed was probably about 12, 13 years ago, I started a uh, health food, uh, health food brokerage where essentially if you made, let's say, delicious natural chips, we would represent you and put you on the shelves at Whole Foods. Nice. Um, so I did that for a while, um, ended up selling my stake in that company, um, and then started what became um, a media and marketing agency at the time um, called Talk Launch. And what we did is we really, uh, we did social media marketing. This was before the business manager and Facebook. This is before Instagram existed. I was kind of taking some of the work I had done on the side for MySpace and kind of converted that into representing businesses with social media. Um, obviously, Facebook and Instagram became popular. So that business did really well over the yeah. last 10 years. Um, I ran that uh, with my wife and for probably the last four or five years, she really had the, the major uh, management responsibilities within the agency. Sounds which like gave me a phenomenal wife that can run businesses with you. She got to quite the entrepreneur as well. <laughs> She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And, you know, because she was able to kind of manage the, our agency business, that gave me opportunity to um, test and validate a series of products and business opportunities over the years, all of which are in the graveyard now, um, yeah. except for uh, Kitcaster. Kitcaster uh, so far has kind of, uh, I suppose, survived my validation um, system and is is doing great so um serendipitously you know that 10-year business talk launch was killed by covid you know wow. we were heavily leveraged in food and beverage and um uh, entertainment and hospitality all of which fired us immediately on march i mean they they really had to you know they're in a position where you know they're the the virus kind of took that all out yeah so um, I had kind of projected, you know, Kitcaster was launched last September and I was working towards an exit from talk launch uh, scheduled for March 2020. And in March 2020, uh, sure enough, I did. <laughs> so I, I kind of brought all of my attention full time um, in March, started building the team and uh, my co-founder Brandy and I, you know, set out to make Kitcaster what it can be. Yeah, Kitcaster is, is fantastic. I do want to go into that in a little bit, but I did want to also uh, branch, go back a little bit and try to figure out how, you know, you got to the point where you just, you know, where like, all right, you know, I'm going to go and do all these different things. And you got the health food brokerage and you have the painting company. And you know, I mean, where did this kind of entrepreneur spirit kind of stem from? Was it, were your parents entrepreneurs? Where did you go to school for business? Like you're from Denver. I'm not sure if there's a huge entrepreneur network in Denver. I'm not really sure. Yeah, we're fortunate there really is. Of course, I didn't know any of that at the time. I think, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but probably my entrepreneurial spirit was fueled by hate and disgust with terrible bosses, you know. <laughs> managers, the managers. Yeah, managers, you know. Yeah, it drove me nuts. Like when the managers started talking crap to me, I was like, wow, this is just like unfortunate. Like I don't want to be here, you know. Absolutely. You know, I've been fired a lot of times and that always just, just hurts your soul. Haven't we you all? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like so, if you've been fired a ton of times, it like qualifies you as an entrepreneur. You're like, hmm, maybe you should become an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think I could do this better. You know? <laughs> you this no one's going to fire me now. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and really it was, um, it was a job I had. Um, both my children were very young. I was making good money inside sales job. And I just, I really strongly disliked um, my managers. 
very much so. But I was in a position maybe I hadn't been in before, which is like now, you know, I'm supporting three more people. There's a lot more responsibility. I felt trapped and um, upset. So, you know, I was like, well, maybe I should go back to school. And I took some online courses on management and leadership and just really opened my eyes. It was one class about leadership. And I realized that you don't have to be some kind of like evil tyrant, you know, that you can actually be, um, dare I say, a nice guy. And, yeah, it's like and I feel like people are like, oh, these, all these rich people are complete assholes. I'm like, I don't know. That's like a paradigm I think that people have to break when they're growing up because I, I didn't grow up with money and my parents weren't wealthy or anything like that. We were a struggling, like lower middle class family, right? So, you know, I think during while you're growing up, you have this idea, okay, well, you, you know, you get rich, money's the root of all evil and all these kind of things, right? So you have this negative mentality around it. And then as you start to grow and you, you go in this direction, you realize that there's a lot of really, really nice, wealthy people out there, you know, and, and you don't have to be a jerk just because, you know, you have some money. Um, there obviously takes a lot of self-control when you have money because you can go a lot of different directions that are unhealthy. Um, but you could do that regardless, whether you're poor or you're healthy. So, I mean, I think that's that's really, really important piece um, that everyone needs to kind of take, you know, in their kind of their journey or their 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 drive towards being successful. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think you make a really good point. I mean, developing a positive relationship with money is something you have to develop intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about money being the root of all evil. Well, you know, I'm 42 years old and I grew up in the 90s, which is the heyday for both punk rock and hip hop music, which, you know, first gen on both of those. And I listened to a lot of reggae music. So you get become indoctrinated with some of these lyrics that, yeah, yeah. and it, it talks about like money being evil, yeah. you know. Um, and it wasn't until m- much later that I actually recognized that that's kind of was part of my operating system. And then maybe even much later where you see the incredible creative, constructive um, power of money. And particularly if you want it, <laughs> which I most certainly do, and I intend on being very successful, then you have to readjust or reexamine um, some of your relationships with money and try and uncover some of these biases, which it sounds like for you and me, a lot of it came from like what filled my headphones when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> messaging, you know, to the point where, you know, we were just around these kind of environments. And I think that's why it's so important that people read and expand and, and really put themselves around individuals that can kind of break those different barriers, you know, subconsciously that are blocking the individual from succeeding. Was there, was there anything like that? You said you went through an online course. Did you get any other mentors that kind of helped you through certain, I'm sure you had different co-founders and partners. Did you, did you seek out a mentor or any, anyone like that? You know, I've always sought um, after a mentor and I never really found somebody there. There's been people that have filled those shoes. You know, my uncle's very successful in business. He, he showed me some guidance, um, different folks along the way. Uh, I think, unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of uh, pig headed and just kind of need to do it my own way. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the type of person that like, I need to be able to do everything. Um, so that means my path has been long <laughs> because, yeah, you know, to gain expertise, everything. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're gaining expertise in absolutely everything, um, that's a hard road to go, you know, but I, I wouldn't trade it. We've always been bootstrapped. I, I'm a firm believer in that. And um, we've gotten really good at uh, what we do, which, which I, you know, 
really find my role in business as being a founder, um, probably my strongest asset. So, you know, as the company is growing right now, this is an opportunity that I'm going to start leaning on professionals of people that deal with like taking something from traction to scale, mm-hmm. you know, and um, relying on some expertise where people are really good with that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so that's, that's phenomenal, dude. I mean, it's, I think that it's very true that every entrepreneur or a lot of them, they have to wear many hats. So in that process, you know, when you're, when you, when you deal with an obstacle, you know, I love that book, the obstacle is the way, and Mm -hmm. that's where he talks about just like, Hey, this is an obstacle, but you know, the way to progress, the way to move forward is to kind of go through that obstacle. So you kind of got to be that bull in the China shop kind of mentality. Like I'm just going to get it done. You know, I don't care if it's a little messy or it's not perfect or whatever. At the end of the day, like we got to get it done, you know. You know, so that's that's an important, important piece. A lot of times, I think mentors they are important, but they can, you know, they can be, you know, diminishing to a certain degree because you always rely on them, um, you know. And then also, you know, there's there's other ways. You know, books books can be a good mentor, you know. Um, so it's not just always a person, but yeah, it's those are all super, super key key great great point so i appreciate that you bet you know and mentorship is, has kind of evolved i think as a modality you know now we have there's so many coaches for every specific area you may have um audiobooks i'm a, a voracious audiobook listener you know i like to rip through a book at 2x and if i like it i'll come back at 1.25 you know and just always be kind of like uh, accumulating this information. Um, mastermind groups are, are really cool. So, you know, in the past where maybe you have, you're a florist and you want to be the best florist in the world, that that mentorship, that apprenticeship with a person where they can give you this um, uh, vocabulary through florist, being a florist, and it, it maybe there's a lot of poetry in that, mm-hmm. you know, because we move and change so quickly that a lot of times it's like, you know what, I need a mentor, but really what I need is very something specific around this one particular need. Right. You know, we're talking about finance. Maybe it's, I just need a guy that to like really unravel my finance right now, or I need a, a person that can just take me a little bit further with my understanding of JavaScript or, you know, it's like things are so complex that, um, I really like the whole coaching modality as, as a way to reach out and find kind of professional friends to, to help up your game. And you would agree too, like it's a, it's a never ending journey, right? Like even now after all these different companies, you know, media marketing talk launch and now, now, you know, Kidcaster has had some pretty phenomenal success. You're still in a, in a, in a mode where you're continually learning, seeking, seeking out people that are experts in those fields and learning from them. Um, you know, I love the fact that like, there's statements where you can learn from everyone. Like you, you can learn from the, you know, the homeless guy on the street. He knows something that you don't know. And so therefore you can learn from them. And I think that's an important piece when it comes to entrepreneurship and business, because the minute a person is prideful and they think they're, you know, they know it all and, you know, they got it down. And we've been doing, we've been doing mailers for the last 20 years and it works perfectly. You know, like um, we've been doing door, door, door knocking, door sales, you know, like, okay, well, 2020 came along and, you know, those things are no longer happening. So being yeah. a continual learning, I think it's a really, really important piece. I did want to go into Kitcaster a little bit further and talk about exactly, you know, what you guys, um, we already talked about what you guys do, but what are like the main sources of income? And how have you, have you had, you know, 40% growth month over month? It's pretty phenomenal for an entire year. And within the first year, I've created a million dollar company. You bet. It's 40% the last three months, but okay. it's, it was probably about 20 before there. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, you know, Kitcaster was born out of a, a love for podcasting, first and foremost. You know, I am corny and sentimental about my feelings about podcasting because it means a lot to me personally. Um, I want to develop as an individual, you know, spiritually and morally. And also I want to develop as an entrepreneur and a businessman. So aligning the project to me, I have kind of a criteria, you know, it has to be fun. Otherwise I won't do it. It has to be of service because it's important to me to help other people and it has to make money. Um, so podcasting is something that I've done for a very long time um, and know it well enough that there's so many moving parts, as you well know, um, that it's hard to do at scale. So Kitcaster came as a um, desire to bring a product or service to at scale from podcasting. So our co-founder and I, Brandy, kind of brainstormed a bunch of ideas and the idea of a podcast booking agency was kind of born out of that and also staying disciplined of that's exactly what we do because of course we could make websites and do marketing and launches and all that. we can do all that we've done it all um, but at really saying no developing partnerships with people that do that and just staying in our lane and doing what we do yeah and, super driving in like super niche right there like it's a, it's a exactly. big enough industry you know obviously is what what did it, how much how much did Joe Rogan get paid from Spotify? Hundred million. <laughs> yeah, so the, I think there's plenty of money in podcasting. You know? <laughs> I would say there's enough. You know, I would say there's enough to go around. Um, so how does podcast? How does Kitcaster uh, make money then as an agency? You bet. So we kind of have two products. Um, the first is the agency, and this is a done for you agency. Um, there's a little bit of differentiation there from a done with you. A done with you agency might say, hey, here's 20 podcasts we'd like to pitch. What do you think? And they're like, well, what do, what do you think? And you have this dialogue back and forth and everyone's figuring it out. We, we don't do that. Um, we spend a lot of time in the beginning really getting deeply into the ideal audience for our clients and understanding ultimately who they want to be listening to the shows. Um, because we almost entirely work with SaaS tech founders, um, there's kind of three segments that we're really interested in. You know, one being their prospects. We're going to move the needle where we can. Two would be funding opportunities. You know, um, pretty much all of them are in fundraising land, you know, looking to talk to VCs and angels. And then the third would be actually the podcast host themselves. So we spend time... Um, putting together our done for you packages. We build a media kit and then basically we're off to the races. You know, we have a link to their calendar and we work. So we're a, a done for you service. Um, and we work basically, uh, we'll start with a three month term, book them on 10 podcasts in three months. If everything's gone well for them and for us, then we'll transition to a month to month agreement. So kind of a classic um, service level agreement and, that's what we do. What would I charge so, for those like those three month podcasts? You know, let's say I wanted to get on those top ten podcasts. What would what would what would I pay for to get into that? Absolutely. So, for a three month term and ten podcasts, we charge thirty five hundred bucks for all three months. Cool. So enrollment is essentially eleven sixty six per month for the first three months. Um, I mean, after the return though, I think it's really really important to kind of pause for there for a minute because we think about thirty five hundred dollars, right? So, I mean, the, what average you know, marketing spend monthly is a ridiculous amount of money sometimes in these companies, especially for SaaS tech. Like th these guys just have a huge funding, right? But then, you know, if these top rated podcasts, I always, I always think of it like this, where are your clientele? Like, where are your people that you want to, you want to talk to? Um, 
you know, and I think that it's, it's important to realize that, you know, these people are listening to podcasts most of the time, you know, they're listening to their favorite podcast, their business podcast, you know, and they're, and they're going there. So for $3,500 to be able to get the ear of the one person, you know, that a devoted ear of that one person that can help fund your company or do whatever for $3,500 or $1,100 a month is like a ridiculous notion. Can you, can you actually kind of go on some success stories in, in relation to that and how it's been able to help um, the people um, going through that three month, 10 podcast um, kind of session? Absolutely. You know, and the outcomes vary so greatly, you know, uh, ends up being, you know, a little bit more than a thousand bucks a month, which I realize is expensive. And it's also important probably to point out um, who the agency is not for, you know, if you're kind of a solopreneur, you're doing it yourself, you're looking to podcast strictly as lead gen, you know, we don't use podcasts for lead gen. <laughs> we use Google ads and Facebook ads, you know what I mean? So um, this is it, when we say, you know, we want to work with funded startup founders is because they're able to really leverage this as a tool for their business, you know, creating marketing assets, creating sales assets for their teams. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, uh, outcomes all over the place and it really totally varies on what people's uh, conversions are and what they're what they're looking for i think really what's been interesting is you know everyone's dealing with the virus uh the feedback i got particularly early on you know march april everyone goes into quarantine i don't know about you but i was like looking outside like are there's going to be pitchforks and torches coming down the streets like yeah, I, literally <laughs> yeah it's like are there going to be body bags i mean the, what was happening in new york with the weird like freezers and stuff and they yeah. put the they put the carnival cruiser it was like oh my god are we all gonna die you know literally really scary stuff Freaky. you know so what you found what, what what i found with several of our clients is especially the ones that were in new york is um you know they've got their sales team that are at home at work you know they've got their marketing team at home they're working founder found himself in a really interesting position of like well you know my job is to lead um and I can't really do that. I mean, a little bit on a Zoom call or something like that. But but really, what can I do? And podcasting gave them an opportunity to lead, to also feed assets to their marketing and sales team, and also have something to look forward to, which those first couple of months, I think, meant something to them emotionally. So, you know, right now, as we're all trying to figure out what kind of, what, <laughs> what's going to happen in this world with the election and, and the, the virus kind of rages on. Um, like an escape. I think, <clears throat> like an yeah. escape from all the, all the chaos and just really just, you know, centering in and honing in on your vision and mission and purpose in your business. And it's, it's yeah. almost like a, almost like a, some kind of meditation, coaching, kind of like rejuvenation kind of period. Absolutely. An opportunity to connect with new people. You know, you and me are talking right now. This might be, you know, the, the longest I've spoke to somebody who's not on my team or in my family in five months. Right. You know, so this, the, the, the thing that I love about podcast is it, I feel like it, it brings out the best of us. It brings out our positive intention to connect in a significant way, give somebody the benefit of the doubt, laugh a little bit, joke around, you know? And so when I, when I've heard those things happening um, with our clients. I, I think that's what I'm most yeah. excited about. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, so you have that three month, ten top podcast um, session, and then it goes month to month after that. Is there any other uh, revenue streams or different ways that you, the different services you offer? Absolutely. So, we also have kind of a private, um, uh, what we call as the podcast guest list. So, you know, this is specifically for coaches. 
um, consultants, agency founders, solopreneurs, the kind of folks I have conversations with where it's like, wow, man, a thousand bucks is a lot, you know, cause I'm trying to find clients here. I need to really understand, I need to really see that return um, immediately. And I'm sensitive to that, you know, because that's me as well. And I, I'm firm believer that if podcasting is for everybody, particularly in business, particularly people just getting their feet under them. So we have this membership site called the Podcast Guest List. This is a resource that about a thousand um, podcast hosts use to book guests on their podcast. So our business model, uh, we charge a monthly rate. It's either 99 bucks to be a featured profile. This is for the guests mm-hmm. um, or nine bucks a month to just be listed on the list. So do you, um, do you pay the host as well to go on there and find them? Or is that just, they just automatically come in? Do you, do the hosts come in, them? exactly. And it's totally, it's totally free to use the resource. I think okay. we've got maybe 200 people that have built profiles on the list itself to be featured as guests. So, you know, we'll send um, kind of a bi-weekly email to the hosts to say, hey, he, here's the new folks coming down the pipe, provide resources for podcast ho- uh, hosts. Um, and then we do Facebook and Instagram ads directly to um, their profiles. So um, once a, a potential guest, you know, hundred bucks a month um, uploads a, a profile there, then they, they get um, direct podcast invitations to folk shows. And I, I guess we say invitation because they're not, they're no one's twisting the screw. <laughs> you know, right. they get yeah, invited to a podcast. You don't have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. The host right. is reaching out and saying, hey, dude, like, I think you'd be great for my show. I really want to have you on it. You know, here's my schedule. Uh, check it out. One of the questions I have is, what, as far as the 40% growth month over month, has that been more of the three-month ten top, top 10 podcast or has it been more of the $100 a month being on the guest list? It's, it's mostly from the agency. Yeah. Okay. So the agency yeah. part, like the done-for-you part, like 100%, like we're going to guarantee these spots and then on a month-to-month, we're going to grow from there. Um, so the other, the other side is, is kind of like, is almost like a lead in, you know, you have these people come in, you know, you show that you can, you know, put them on a couple of shows here and there. And you say, Hey, dude, later on, you know, they get comfortable with going on a couple more shows and you're like, would you like to, you know, maybe go to the, you know, done for you side and we'll like, we'll get you on these amazing top 10 podcasts. Is that the kind of the direction that you go as far as like the sales funnel? It's happened, I think twice. Um, but I think they're very separate offerings, you know, and very separate diff, um, customers. Um, so, you know, I think ultimately the podcast guest list, if that really survives um, validation, you know, there's probably five or six different competitors in the space. Um, if, if we feel like we can be number one um, doing that, then we'll probably break that off and rebrand it as something else. Okay. Um, or it will become kind of a, a secondary product for us that really will serve the people that are, you know, aspirational into um, the level that the agency can run. So, you know, I, a part of like my validation is kind of a gut check. Do I want to do this? You know, and with Kitcaster, the only reason I really want to do this will maybe one of the reasons is because I feel that as an agency, we can be the best in the world at this. Um, so what that means to me is, is like being untouchable, you know, making it the best customer experience, the best experience for the podcast host. And we have that opportunity. Um, 
in as an agency right now. So when I'm looking at the podcast guest list, it's a great product and it's working and people really love it. It's like, well, you know, am I the right person to this? Right now, I don't have that same connection to it. So um, it will be kind of a, a secondary product unless we decide to break it off and um, create its kind of own life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're kind of in the startup phase too. So you're creating different products and then you're leading them. And then, you know, it's over there and around the corner. Sorry, Tom. Anyways. My bad. I say that again. <laughs> you're uh, you're creating different products. You're testing them as a startup. You're figuring out who your who your you know ideal clientele is. All these are like really really you know important pieces in the startup world. So it makes a lot of sense. You're kind of you know you're doing what's best for the client at the end of the day. Um, so so kind of the last thing we want to talk about is just kind of like how this. How, I mean, you said that business has gone forty percent growth. Um, you know, right in the past few months. Is that just because maybe? Like, you know, it, people are more optimistic, you know, things are opening up a little bit more. Um, why do you think there's been more growth here during at the end of like kind of still in the middle of the pandemic? Oh, man, that's a great question. I don't know. And particularly, I mean, July and August traditionally are kind of slow months, you know, people are on vacation, really. And then you get into third quarter and everything goes nuts. Um, we might have just got an early leap on that. Um, because of the virus and people were making their back to school plans and looking like, Hey, what can we do? Let's, we want to bring podcasting in. And it's probably a component of that. Um, also we've, you know, systematized to a point that like, we're absolutely ready for that growth. Um, both on kind of like inbound, outbound, um, onboarding, like we're, we're ready. So when it, when it came, uh, we could clip through it really well and, and develop the, um, basically the new client onboarding. Yeah. So why did it happen right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. I mean, it's really interesting to see that, like, why, that, that, you know, a lot of companies, there's been a lot of companies that have been growing, but also a lot of companies have been suffering. So, you know, to have that kind of growth is pretty phenomenal, you know, during this kind of time frame, right? So it's, yeah. like, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, the, the last thing, and I always have this question that I do uh, at the end, like during the, during the pandemic, uh, kind of segment. And, you know, I, I say, you know, if, if Kitcaster was like this, you know, huge hundred million dollar company, it was all super successful. You had a team of all these people, you got hired a CEO to be able to run the whole thing, you know, or maybe you exited the company and, you know, you're going through 2020 right now. And you were like, I could, you know, at all the free time in the world and you could start any business by looking on the market, what would be that other business that you would start? Another business I would start right now to capitalize on kind of where we're at with, with COVID. The market, yeah, and everything. Hmm. I think a podcast booking agency sounds like a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already have this one. You're, it's, already a, it's already a raging success. So, you know. No, like, I'll tell you what I would do is I'd make Zoom filters. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing more humbling in all these Zoom calls filters? than looking at your terrible face. <laughs> Not yours, of course. You're beautiful. But I'm saying looking at mine, I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> Can we get some filters on this? Like, <laughs> help me out. Yeah, come on, Zoom. You're like the highest stock <laughs> in the universe right now. It's over-evaluated. You can at least put some filters in the thing. Totally. Like smooth this skin out a little bit. Jeez, yeah, man. Take the oil off of it. With these Snapchat, <laughs> yeah. with these Snapchat <laughs> filters with these girls that like makes their nose narrower and their cheeks and their lips bigger. And you're like, man, they should be doing that for Zoom right now. So that way everyone just comes up with perfect in the morning. They don't even put on makeup. <laughs> Bro, I don't even have like reindeer horns right now. I could have those antlers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't I have antlers Way more right now? <laughs> Way more entertaining. <laughs> 
No, um, but I think anything around like this kind of, you know, this communication isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that people, um, I've thought about this, like creating kind of like Zoom recording studios in people's homes, you know, going in there, making them cute, putting a couple of cameras, different angles, nice microphones so that when you're catching up with grandma through Zoom calls, like you have kind of a dynamic, cool space to do it. Um, you know, that that's that's an idea in my validation list that I think would be. Um, that's a great idea. It's super phenomenal. I mean, the guy yesterday, one of the one of the guests yesterday, he was talking about how it would be like a one-stop shop going in and, and converting these offices to be COVID ready, you know, like disinfecting them, putting up certain like barriers, like making sure the regulations are all there, you know, and just like, cause everyone's, we're eventually going to go back to work, you know, but it's going to be different, right? It's right. not going to be the same. So he's like, he's like, I, that's what I would do. I was like, that's pretty smart. Cause I'm going to the disinfecting business. So we're going to start disinfecting like offices and bars and restaurants and all that stuff. Um, but it was like a next level, like, okay, like a one, like a done for you kind of service you want. Okay. Now you want to go back to work. Like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. Um, super, super interesting. Cool. Um, well, is there, is there anything, uh, you know, that you're looking for in Kickcaster to grow right now? Are you looking for funding or you're looking for like certain developers or anyone that can help further and grow the company? Right now we're just really focused on rapid growth. So, you know, if, if being a podcast booking agent is interesting, sounds interesting to some of your listeners, we're going to be hiring a couple new p- folks very soon. Um, you can reach out to us. That job is listed at kitcaster.com. We have a jobs board there that's also list other jobs in podcasting. You know, we want to help podcasters build a career, you know, whether that's with us or with other folks. Um, or, you know, if you, you are uh, an entrepreneur, at any level and you want to go on podcasts, you know, we have opportunities and products for you. So, you know, through the website, kitcaster.com, you can reach out and uh, speak directly to me if you'd like to. Awesome guys. Yeah. Reach out to Ryan. Dude. I mean, you have, you're doing some really, really great work and now is the time to expand in this full podcasting realm. Um, we actually didn't get to talk about the Arctic grayling. So you're, are you going to be going, what, what, what is this Arctic grayling? And then when are you going to look for it? <laughs> Yes, the Arctic grayling is one of my bucket list fish. I, my son and I, he's 11 and we're fly fishermen and we go pretty hard. You know, we do a lot of fly fishing all year long. Um, last year, we, we went on an epic quest for the Apache trout, which is, <laughs> which is a trout that only lives on the Apache reservation in Arizona. Wow. Yeah, we went deep. We got lost on the reservation. It was very scary a couple of times. We did not catch that fish. Got chased with some spears, you know. (laughs) No, they all try cars now, bro. I I don't know if uh, yeah. It turns out it's twenty twenty there too. Twenty twenty there too. Weird. We're we're having like the like weird weird area. No, no. Where is this Arctic grayling at? So yeah, so th- that was last year. This year, uh, we chose the Arctic grayling, which you can which can be caught in Montana. So we're going to head up to outside of Big Sky, Montana. The Arctic grayling is a subspecies of the trout. It's an absolute beautiful, mystical fish. It is purple and blue translucent scales, and it has this giant dorsal fin that sticks up like a sail. Wow. They're gorgeous. They're super cool. Um, so we're going to head up there, and we're going to catch some of these these arctic graylings and maybe some big trouts if there's opportunity to magical powers come back and then just like continue to have 50 percent growth with kiss (laughs) and then you can just hang the picture of the arctic grayling like the best month ever you know like yeah the the best arctic grayling september (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll put it over the door, and every time you walk in the office, you got to kiss the picture. You got to kiss know? the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh, wish you all the best with Kickcaster, uh, and we're definitely going to stay in touch, of course. Uh, and of then course. hopefully we'll have you on the show a little bit later on this year and see you and, and uh, hear about your continued success. I would love to. And it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you later. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.